Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Honest to Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Alley. Ooh, this is episode 83. Yes, 83. It is the number of days before we can go on holiday, potentially, which is also not true. But um, <laughs> did you hear about the restrictions? That's a really, that's a really shit number. That's a really I shit know. number. The number of, it's a number of days. Oh, you need to think, you need to put more thought into these. You're getting sloppy. Uh, do you know what? I mean, this is an early morning one. Um, I say early morning. It's earlier than we normally do. Um, but... Well, I wanted to come off the dome, but obviously, like, my improv skills are just not there at the moment, so maybe I need to hit up a class. 83 uh, is the number of pastries Ashley ate before he realised he was gluten intolerant. How about that? <laughs> and that was just in one day. It turns out he wasn't gluten intolerant, he just ate too much. <laughs> um... Okay, well, that was better. That was better. Uh... Well done, Matthew. Pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what though? Actually, okay. what? What? Tell us, Matt. Tell us all about it. I think I might have some sort of intolerance, potentially. Oh, so I need to ask you about Do this. You... Oh, okay. Well, let's do it live on air. Another agony ash. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's an agony. Well, the thing is, is it feels like I'll, I'll eat. I'm eating, and then when I eat, um. And it's not every meal, but I haven't really tracked what kind of meals, but especially during breakfast when I have like um, granola and stuff and mm. granola and yogurt, I get mad bloated, like to the point where my stomach's a little bit well firmer than it is and I'm just burping all the time and then it's just really annoying. And, yeah. I, was, and I was like, I don't get this bloated this often. Like I do get bloated. I used to get bloated when I'm on holiday and then, like when we were in, in America and all we ate was mm. fast food um, because there was no fresh greens around, my stomach got really, really firm. But that's the only time it happens when I have like a long string of eating really poor food. Um, And I was like, God, it's getting really uncomfortable. And it was happening every single day. And I was like, maybe this is how it starts. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I I can't remember really how it started. I just, I remember when it got really, really bad. But yeah, whenever I have gluten, my stomach, you can literally, I can feel it swell and I can see it swell and it gets so hard and sore. And that's what reminded me of that because I think it's like a minor version of that because like I was like Ed touched my stomach and it was like you know firm like I had abs which I do not. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah that's how I feel. I mean, there's different different symptoms. I was actually reading about symptoms last night because I just like to keep myself reminded about how awful my life is. <laughs> um, there's different symptoms. Some people don't get cramps. Some people get um, constipation versus diarrhea. Uh, you know, it's different people get some people get skin problems um and my i've noticed over time my symptoms have changed so Mm. uh, it's yeah it's different different it's really hard to um well anyway i'm talking for like my experience with celiac disease anyway but it's really hard to i think that's that's why i think it's really hard for well i'm not going to say it because my doctor was useless but (laughs) that's why i think it was really hard to get diagnosed is because back when i was getting it nobody really knew the symptoms it was fairly quite fresh um so i was labeled as stressed too much when it was actually a yeah an 
uh, immune disease. But um, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I would just say keep a track of what you're um, what you're eating because um, yeah. it could it might not be gluten. It could be could be yogurt, so it could be lactose. Oh, I don't know I mean, if it's gluten for sure. Because uh, yeah, I just think I was saying just intolerance in general because of the symptoms. Mm. But um, I hope not. Well, I say I hope not. If it was like um, an intolerance to um, like high saturated fats, and that the result, like what I had to eat was um, high fiber vegetables, and that was my diet, then I might actually lose some mm. weight. Because I'm not going to do it by choice, clearly. Um, mm. So yeah, if I'm forced to do it, then maybe I will have the summer body I always wish for. Do you know what? I'll tell you this though. There's always a way around these things. You'll find something else that's fatty to eat. Because <laughs> I, I, I said that to myself. I was like, oh, you know what? Because I can't eat gluten. I won't be able to eat gluten. these donuts, these 16, these 83 croissants I ate today. I won't be able to have any of them. Oh, no. There's gluten-free alternatives, which are even worse for you. Oh, really? And more expensive. Oh, yeah. More expensive. There's more sugar in them. There's they, 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 Because they take out so much flavor with whatever else they can make normally they just pack it full of sugars and salts and and it just doesn't taste as nice either why am i going to choose to lose weight this is really annoying because i know that if i have like um like i have no problem with um cosmetic surgery of any kind i have no problem with it um whether it looks fake or real people can do what they want doesn't bother me and Mm. i'd be open to cosmetic surgery i just don't know what i would have because there's nothing really to do i mean you've seen my face like there's no, mm. there's nothing I can do to make it better, really. When you think about it, um, but... oh, no, it's just it's impossible. There's, no matter how much money you throw at that, there is nothing you can do to make it better. Oh please, well okay, I know how you're saying that tone, <laughs> <laughs> and you flipped it and reversed it, bitch, and I don't like it. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, but, but there are two things one of which is like um i've got these like under my arms so people think my arms are really big which they are but part of it is like this really weird like loose skin shit and the, it's almost like elasticated skin underneath my arms like my little bingo wings they just happen to be in the shape of something that looks like muscles so i was like okay but i do want to get rid of those because they annoy me the other thing that i would do is get liposuction but for sure i would have liposuction and then within like six weeks i would put it all back on and i'm like oh well, that was a waste of money. Was it a waste? Would it be a waste? No, that- you get you get liposuction and you also get a little band put in there. Okay. I don't think I need a gastric band. It's more like the type of food I eat, not the amount. Actually, I have no idea. I eat a lot yeah, of but bad you, food. Yeah, but if you have a gastric band in there, it means you feel full quicker, so you're not going to eat as much. So you don't have to worry about putting the weight back on. I, I feel like gastric bands for people that have like, well, potentially like an eating disorder, whereas like, liposuctions hope well in, in some cases i think just like purely cosmetic maybe so um i don't yeah but liposuction is removing the fat but i believe you can just put it back on again so if you don't That's address the, the situation of the eating thing it, you know the losing the losing the fat is one thing but then keeping the fat off is another well that's the thing yeah um, well i kind of got this if, mindset that like well i haven't really lost or gained weight or fat so maybe now i found like the right like diet and like whatever but it's just that i need to it's just that like i've done it at like a heavier weight than i could be so if i like lost 20 kilos due to liposuction based on the fact that i haven't changed weight in like this entire year then i think it's safe to reduce that 
I'm having a balanced diet, maybe? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I haven't changed. Right? Okay. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this as an experiment? Why don't you get the liposuction and then we can look at how quickly or not as quickly you put on the weight? Well, then this would be a good time to just say, because um, for those of you listening, we do actually have something called a Patreon account. Now, originally it was supposed to be used for equipment and editing, um, but mm-hmm. it sounds like it needs to be reallocated to Matthew's liposuction fund. So, if you'd like to see a beautiful face with a beautiful body, then donate to our Patreon account, um, which you can find on our website, honest2pod.com. Um, you can also find our website through Instagram, which is honest2pod underscore between each word. Yeah, that's true. And if we're looking at reallocating the um, the uh, Patreon funds to something a little bit more self-serving... Self-serving? Uh, yeah, you want it to lose your weight. Well, it's not self-serving. You just said that we should do an experiment, and I was like, I think that will benefit everyone. Well, I also like to do an experiment on some laser eye surgery to get rid of these glasses. I would like to experiment with that, please. And um, I don't wow. know, maybe some laser hair removal on my shoulders. That would be nice. <laughs> okay, well, um, you kind of missed the no. point of the whole point of the Patreon <laughs> account, but okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I just went with what you said. You said an experiment. Um, it's oh, okay. targeting oh, journalism. I, okay, well, I, I did mean a bit more self-funded um, experiment, not using our lovely, lovely listeners' well-placed funds and investment into our show. <sighs> it can't be that much, surely, like Shame on you, Matthew. Mm-hmm, Shame. Mm-hmm. This is why people pick Team Ashley, because you are like that. I mean, we can get into the reasons why people pick Team Ashley, but we haven't got enough time for that. <laughs> right, there's not, basically, I'll just say there's an entire movement based no. on the reasons why they pick no. Team Ashley over Team Matt, okay? Despite the fact that oh. the face and the humour, okay? And at this point, the body. Let's just put it out there. We're just going to put it out there, Ashley, on okay. the body as well. Okay. okay, okay. I would pick you over me any day, Matthew. <laughs> I know. Just to be able to eat bread. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, maybe not anymore, but it sounds a bit... In it. Yeah, no. Well, uh, yeah. So, how was your week, Matt? Yeah, this is a busy week, actually. So, I'm feeling a bit like... Um, it's been a long time since it's been like a somewhat busy week. So, I'm feeling a bit like drained. And to be honest, like, it's not really good for anyone around me. But, you know, when you're not in the best mood and like, well... Well, you should know, but maybe not everyone does. And then you're just a little bit snappy towards everyone around you. Unnecessarily so, but you can't do anything to get out of it. That's what I'm living in mm. right now, which is obviously not the best. Um, but the week itself has actually been pretty good. It's just I'm pretty tired. Um, so, you know, this week has been really, really hot in um, mm-hmm. England. And I think, well, considering Northern Ireland, it's been hot f- considering as well, though it's only been like 24 degrees or something. Um, here it's been 33, 31 degrees. Um, and I went and got my car from my mum's house and we've gone for some day trips. Um, yeah. So we've gone to this fresh, this, called, this place in Surrey to this giant pond. Um, which has yeah. a beach and then we went to Hove Beach um, we were going to go to Brighton and then we saw like the Brighton Beach pictures and we're like fuck we don't want to get caught in those pictures so it's both <laughs> been quite a busy week but also like yeah when you go out it, some areas are literally as busy as they show so it's not even like yeah um, so it's, it's like it's like we're like well I say it's not really debated depends on how you see it because some people are re- you know some of us 
uh, like quite just like, you know, well, you know, we're outside and we're fine. Some people were like, you should never be in big groups like that. Obviously, none of it was essential travel, which is, you know, easy to point out. And we've taken advantage of the weather. But um, that being said, I guess we're trying to, we were trying to be as responsible as possible by like, you know, we picked like a quite a secluded spot and um, tried to stay away from people in general. So that was, I guess, but yeah. So yeah. it's been a lot of day trips, basically. And we've got one later this afternoon and then tomorrow I've got one um, before I take my car back to my mum's. So yeah, it's just been a bit of a, a busy week. Early starts, like seven o'clock. It's the first time I've set alarms consistently of like seven o'clock, um, which is... And then getting back at like nine, ten o'clock in the evening. Long old days. Mm, really long days. Yeah. Um, I will say that I, I read an article about... Because um, it was the Bournemouth Beach pictures Ooh. that were shared like yeah. everywhere. They said there was like um, a million people. Well, I've I've read an article about how those pictures are doctored to make it look busier than what it is. It's the angle. Um, it's the angle, but also they've been manipulated to make them look a bit more stretched. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Mm, so, um, somebody, I mean, we, I've seen the article in The Spectator, uh, and they've put two pictures side by side, both taken, both taken the same day, both taken at um, uh, roughly the same time, given the shadows. They, they, they've analysed it. I'm going off what they've said. Mm. Uh, and Yeah, they just say, look at, look at the cliffs in the background. One of them looks a lot more stretched than the other one it doesn't surprise me it doesn't surprise me because i think i'm I'm very anti-media at the minute Uh, i think the media will do anything to get a story i mean we were on hove beach and when we got there it was actually it actually really got busy i think one of people finished work so it was between four and six o'clock and we got there just about midday and it wasn't very busy and then even by four o'clock but it's difficult because this is where, like, I guess rules can be interpreted or misinterpreted. So it's saying, be, you know, we were two meters apart from anyone around us that wasn't within the household um, at all times, basically. So despite the fact that the place was busy, there was tons of room between everyone, I, I think. Um, more than two meters in, in most cases. And so I'm like, well, I guess it's, that's meant to be okay. I don't know. But, but if you look at the beach from the side then it looks like everyone's like literally on each other's shoulders kind of thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. I guess perception is definitely part of that for sure. Yeah. It is, um, the rules at the minute are just confusing. I don't know what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do. So I just mm. lock myself away and cry. I need to have a look because, you know, we're going to be able to go to pubs and restaurants from the 4th of July, whatever it is. And then mm. I just read this morning that from the 6th of July, you're going to be able to go on holiday my days to european some european countries without any quarantine on the way back it's so that it probably won't be portugal or sweden because they've got higher numbers but from the 6th of july we're supposed to be able to go and i was really nervous because already three holidays have been asked i've been asked on three holidays from july to november and i was like i don't know what i can do i don't know whether i can go or not because obviously i'd like to go on holiday but and it's saying holiday because it wants to help start the economy up so they're saying that people are able to do that so i'm just i don't honestly i need to think about it but um because obviously the idea of going on holiday at this point, I mean, I've been on furlough for a million years, but yeah. So it's just interesting that we can do that. And then pubs and restaurants and things like that, we can sit in and you can go in people's mm. houses now. You can stay overnight yeah, in people's houses. Yeah. So Ooh. without, you still need to be socially distanced, by the way, Ashley, oh. which suits you perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that doesn't affect me in any way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. 
Um, how was your week, Ashley? My week was okay. It was um, yeah, just me. I had a full-on working week, busy. Um, I, I mean, I finished two big highlights in my week. Three big highlights in my week. That's good. Um, well, we you hear them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, one was simply that. In my in my eye for about two weeks, I thought I'd like had this crazy eyelash that kept obscuring my vision. And I was sitting there like pulling out my eyelashes, like trying to get rid of it, but it just wouldn't go. Um, turns out there was actually a scratch in my contact lens. So that's why it was. And there was me like ripping hair out of my eye. Oh. Um, yeah. So that was one successful that I got rid of the sign of the thing that was obscuring my eyesight, which is now led me to think I just need to get laser eye surgery and get it done. So yeah. And yeah, that's one highlight. Um, the other one is I finished, even though I started ages ago, the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. I haven't watched that yet. I don't. I haven't watched that yet. And I love that. I love Actually, all of those things on Netflix now. Like anything, like true crimey, sort of like you know, real life stories. Yeah. I'm so down for. I'm there for it. I am. Uh, I mean, it's good. I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't really know of Jeffrey Epstein that well. I didn't either. I said everyone was like, "How do you not know this person?" I was like. Should I know this person? I mean, was he famous for just being rich? He didn't like. He's. I didn't really know of him until he, you know, he obviously found, and I'm air quoting, suicided, suicided. If that's a word in his cell. But um, before that, I didn't know any any of this um craziness. And I have to say, watching it is quite disturbing. Like I do feel a bit sick watching it. <gasps> um. Just, I mean, do you know anything about him at all? Not really. And I do want to watch the show, so I don't want you to give too much away. Okay. Um, and then when Prince Andrew comes into it, I mean, it's only four episodes long. Okay. And I don't know, I, it, it took me a while to go through it um, because it's quite it's quite hard hitting. And in my head, I thought there was eight episodes. And I don't know why, but then when the fourth one, the fourth one was coming to an end and I was like, it sounds like this is summarizing everything up. <laughs> like, like there's another four episodes to go. Um, and then it ended, I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it is, yeah, it leaves a big question on whether you think he was murdered or not in his cell. Um, but I'll let you come to that conclusion yourself and then we can talk about it. Okay. And then the other successful thing of the week is something I've been meaning to watch for ages, but I just, I don't know, I've just, I think so, I get really caught in the moment and if I, I find my I find it hard to sit and watch something by myself if it's going to make me feel shit. I have to sort of. You watch that by yourself. What by myself? The show that you're about to talk about. Yeah. Oh. Damn. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. So I watched. I, I watched. Uh, oh my god! I keep forgetting the name of the title. When, when they, they see, see us. us. Yeah. Oh, on Netflix. So again, oh four episodes. God you start off just so angry and then by the end of it i was just in tears and i was oh it was just too much the um, one episode where he's in isolation the whole time is just one of the most difficult things ever do you know what i think yeah that's episode four that was uh, insane um it's i like, felt so sorry for him like he wasn't even like he wasn't on the list he went down to the police station to help his friend out and he fell asleep, and then because his friend, his mom came and got the friend, they said, "Well, we'll just, we'll just interrogate this other black kid that we've got here. It must be him, right?" 
It's mad. Um, it's mad. The Central Park Five story is insane. In it is insane. Um, and so pot- so potent now, given what's obviously happening everywhere. I mean, this has been out for a while. This film has been um, the series has been out for a while. I watched it. Jordan had told me about it, and he was like, "You have to watch it." And I watched it immediately. Yeah. And I called him, and I was like, "Just like, oh my god." It's just so mm. much. It's I know he said he watched it again, and I do want to watch it again because I want Ed to watch it. But I do want to watch it again, and I don't. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's it, what, like I can. It's one of those things where it's so good that you sort of want to watch it. It's sort of like the film Twelve Years a Slave. That film was phenomenal, mm. brilliant. Do I ever want to watch that horrendous thing again? Absolutely not. But I feel like you'd watch it and still pick up more things, especially... Well, I watched it before any of the movements happening now, like the intensity of the movements. Um, mm. So it must have been... I think it was probably last year that I watched it, because it must have been that then. So I think like yeah, watching yeah, yeah. it now, um, I would see things... I would see more things. Um, and it's so funny saying this, even as a black person, I don't know whether it's different for a black person or not, which I think it is, but we were watching... Um, so Glastonbury was supposed to be this weekend, and you can watch performances. Mm-hmm. They had them over on BBC. Uh, and there was this artist called Lil Sims. And mm-hmm. she is uh, a British rapper. And she's just talking... And she's singing one of her songs. And it's very much like um, like a powerful song talking about black people being tired and living through this. And it might sound ridiculous. Um, and I've been privileged and naive in a lot of ways up until this point. So... But... You realise, I don't know if you... You watch these old performances from years ago. This was only last year. I mean, you watched something from three years ago. The exact same words of messaging that's been happening then is happening now. And you're like, fuck me, man. There are some tired black people who have been saying this for a long time. And we've not been listening at all. At mm. And I say a long time because we watched 13th. This is from fucking time. Like This is like 60s and 70s. And just not listening. And to be like in a place where we can just be so like... Just enjoy our lives so much... Um, when there are people out there talking about it and just, it's, I don't know, I just, I was just surprised that I'm like, fuck me, man, this wasn't, if this song was made the other day, I'd be like, oh, it makes complete sense. But this was done even before this really intense movement right now. And it was just like, that's what really stood out for me. It is, it is crazy. And like, again, I had that same sort of feeling watching um, when they see us, where it's just like, this happened in 89. Like, and it's, and obviously, I mean, not. I'm not saying this, you know, to sound extra white. Obviously, it's made in a way to, you know, portray the black story really heavily. But no- <laughs> How dare you? What about the police, huh? What about their story? <laughs> what about <laughs> what about those white, those white rich police people? Um, no, but I mean, it, it was told to tell, and I don't think there's a good angle to come at from the police angle, but it's. Um, yeah, it just, it's, how can this be happening in the 80s and still now? And it, you're, the same sort of sense, I was watching it thinking, this could have been made today and still been relevant, but it just shows nothing's changed. And what I thought was so great, and I give a big a big kudos clap to the makers of the um, the, the drama. I was going to say documentary, it's not a documentary, no, it's a, a drama series, based, yeah. based on real life, yeah. Um uh, the the insertion of all the Trump stuff. I uh, where he did. Do you remember this? I don't remember from the series though, but you can say it. Uh, um, well, I guess yeah. I don't know if it ruins the story, people. Well, true. No, well, it just. I mean, it's based on true life, and mm. you know, Trump at the time of this, these are fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen-year-old kids getting accused of rape. Um, he he um paid 
money, I think it's £72,000, to run an article that was to bring back um, the death sentence for these five kids. So, oh, yeah. 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 And it just shows you the type of manipulation that that man does because obviously obviously they wouldn't bring back the death sentence just overall like yep. they wouldn't bring it back and i don't think rape would be a death sentence penalty but it just shows you well she was he's... she was murdered wasn't she no no she no she survived i can't remember anything because she, she came she into the courtroom the, yeah. she came into the courtroom yeah. Um, um, what's mad is like Trump's been doing this since then. And then he had a highly successful TV show called The Apprentice. And then he was made president. And you're like, what? <laughs> How is this possible? How is it? Well, I mean, when he hangs around with people like Jeffrey Epstein, who gets away with every fucking shit, um, you know, I'm not surprised that money, money can take you far. Mm. Well, money can't buy my love, as Jamelia says, except for that it can. Yeah. It can hundred percent, hundred percent can, and it can buy, and it can buy me my happiness, and it can buy me, you know, you know, no, no. To be fair, money can't buy love, money can't buy happiness, but it sure as hell can help. I'd That's be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'd be so happy if I was. Uh, well, that's it. I mean, I'll, I'll let you watch Jeffrey Epstein, but he had ridiculous amount of money, and I was just like, man. I need to look at, someone said that Jeff, Jeff Bezos, since like um, lockdown, um, coronavirus, has gone up to like $100 billion is worth. But obviously it's like we're all ordering, well not all, some of us who are quite irresponsible I guess are ordering a lot of Amazon stuff. Um, yeah. It's gone out, and now he's like, like leaps and bounds richer than everybody else. And I'm like, that money is so unnecessary. You could give up like f- four-fifths of your wealth and still be richer than everybody in the world. Yeah. Um, now that again, again, that's down to governments because yeah. they don't get taxed. Like they, I don't, I don't have any issue of people earning money. I know it's, you know, it does, he set up a business model, which works and that's fine. I don't have issues with people earning money. I'm just jealous that I didn't think of the business model and <laughs> start it myself. But what I do believe in is I do think people should be taxed fairly. And there's companies out there, loads of them. I mean, it's been in the news for ages, but Amazon's definitely one of them that avoid tax for whatever reason. There's loopholes in there, whatever they do. Yeah. Um, so I do I do think they should be taxed more heavily given that you know, like we, they don't need that much money. No one does. No one does. No. Maybe there should be a cap Except on wealth. For me. <laughs> Just in general. Um, I need that much money for... Uh, you need it for your liposuction. I need it for my liposuction. And I might have my hips shaved down then if I was that rich. Just to have a bit mm. more... Um, well, it's difficult because I don't mind my. I, I think I do and throw from it. Sometimes I like my pear-shaped female, you know, like echoing body. But then sometimes, but like, oh, I see like men with like narrow or like you know what I would call normal-shaped hips, and, I, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind a shirt, a men's shirt that fits me down there, because I can't undo. I have to undo the bottom button on a men's shirt normally because, you know, I've got these childbearing hips. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Your pussy is wide. They are wide. They is wide um, and beautiful. I had somebody literally today, and <laughs> this is so they messaged me um, ages ago. Well, because I think I posted someone being playing board games at yours once, and they messaged, "Oh, you're really into board games." I'm like, "Yeah, I am." 
They're like, oh, we, I run a board game company. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, and that was the end of that. But they've now started. So I followed him back because he does board games. And um, he lives in Italy. And then he started posting about this board game he's created, which, again, absolutely fine. And he messaged me saying, oh, do you want to check out my Kickstarter? And I was like, yeah, I don't mind checking it out. So I checked it out. It looks cool. He's creating a little board game about foxes. And then literally this morning he goes, did you ever check out my Kickstarter? I was like, yeah, I checked it out. I knew what he was going to ask. And I was like, yeah, I checked it out, man. It looks good. Good luck with it all. <laughs> and then he, just, then he just wrote back, do you want to support us? And I was like, Am I, are we going about this podcast all wrong? Should we be going out and blatantly asking people to their face through text message, why aren't you giving us money? I feel like, I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I guess so. That's, I mean, it's what people do. Let me message you, this person I've ever met, and say, so do you want to donate to us? I'm like, I said, I'll have to think about it, but probably not. Well, I was going to say, because obviously, like, you didn't donate in that instance, and it's kind of like those really heavy people on, like, Grinder and stuff that just be like, dick you know or like picks now yeah. i'm like what is your success rate and i'd be yeah. interested to know with this board game like thing as well the kickstarter like is that a high success rate like is it working for you people are like oh i don't know you and i looked at the board game but never played it however i'm more than happy to support you um i don't know well he, he has raised around oh i think it was nearly five thousand either whatever currency it is five thousand euros <laughs> well no because some it's things a... don't some things don't let you change if for like, example yeah. if kickstarter is an american company you have to raise it in dollars it's only yeah. recently for example that patreon have brought in pounds um so yeah i don't know but it was four thousand five thousand things four, then yeah. yes so, the answer is yes we should uh, be doing that uh, <laughs> um i mean the thing is like i don't mind as a human being uh with you know, a good bit of expendable income after my all my bills and all stuff take out. Um, I don't mind investing in stuff. Like, I, what I like about this is the guy's creative. He's created a whole board game. The board game actually looks quite cool. Um, but, you know, we live in uncertain times at the minute. I don't know if I'm going to have a job in a month. So I, I had that call this week as well. Uh-oh. So We're coming up. I had it on Tuesday, and basically I've got my calls, but we've been told that we're going to be made redundant. So, same here, boo. Don't know what my work situation's going to be. Oh, you're going to be made redundant? Potentially. Yeah. Um, But now, yeah. So, no work. So, it might be back on the streets for me. Uncertain times. Yeah, I'll be hoeing up myself around that corner. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, oh, sorry to hear that, Matt. Uh, Yeah shit times shit times but yeah so i was you know i because i have so uncertainty about my job in the next month i am not going to be giving up 40 euros or even well some of them went down low as eight euros to support a game or eight dollars whatever it is support a game Mm -hmm. that of somebody i don't know but if i had more certain income and i could afford it i would 100 percent be donating to people's patreons kickstarters (laughs) um you know whatever else (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matthew, shall we get into some issues? Yes, ma'am. Oh, like Sir Sly. Um, 
one of the quicker ones I wanted to talk about, and I just think it was so funny. Um, I know you wanted to add to it, but I the I seen the advert from New Zealand this week, which used porn actors and humor um, as a way of adults talking to their to their kids or to raise awareness about how adults should talk to their kids um, about you know consent respect and relationships um did you get to see it man did you watch the little youtube video? i already watched it actually before you sent it i'd already seen it during oh. the week yeah i thought it was quite funny um yes is the answer to the question oh good and uh i mean i just thought it was brilliant i just um i think you know parents are the ones who should be in my opinion uh talking to the kids about this stuff and I think it's healthy to have that sort of relationship. Um, well, not just parents. No, well, not just parents, but I think parents should take take some of the responsibility for it. I always um, think parents and schooling both should always it should always be a two pronged attack, especially when it's like times are changing because there might be parents who aren't equipped to teach um, sex and quite sensitive subjects in a certain way potentially. But I also think schools should have a formalized way of teaching most things. Yeah. Uh, 100% schools should, um, especially because schools should be teaching um, things that are, I would say, a bit more essential because if it's part of the curriculum, then it um, it it's just, you know, it makes sure it gets ticked off. That mm. being said, in my school, there was a loophole and I was, I think I was the only student not to be taught about sex education, which is why I've never had sex. I was going to say, it would make such sense um, why your attitude towards sex is the way it is because it's obviously been stigmatised for you and now you're fearful of it. And, yeah. you know, quarantine has been the best thing for you. Because society told you you should have sex. You don't want to have sex, but society told you so. And That's now, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Why do you um, think you were the only... I'm... Well, is it one of those things at school where like your parents could opt out of your child to learn sex education? No, no. You could opt out of religious education in our school, but you couldn't opt out of... No, sex education was just part of biology. But so, the reason why I seem to go through a loophole is in the the ages we were taught it was first year... Every, every learned it in first year. So it was... Um, we would have been 11. Uh, 11 or 12. And... We don't call that first year. Yeah, you guys have a different school system than we have here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then my class wasn't taught it at that at that age, mm -hmm. and then it's when we got then at the end of first year we then all got split up into different classes, and I was put into a different class of different people, and again the teacher who did that, who teacher who taught my class in second year taught a different class in first year and she was she was one of the teachers who taught it so she goes well we know we've all covered this um about sex education so we don't have to cover it anymore um and there was me the only person who from my original class was in this class and i was like i didn't want to put my hand up and say actually i don't know anything about sex because <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i'd get obviously laughed at and bullied and stuff even more yeah. than what it was so i was just like yeah okay and then i thought you know, why don't I look on the internet about sex? And then that opened a whole different gateway of what was on the internet. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a great idea to 
yeah, I, I think even, I mean, I don't know now, I'm not a child now, but even from our age and stuff, there wasn't, even if you had sex education, I, I had it in primary school, actually. No, I didn't have oh, sex well. education in primary. We had, I don't know if it is called sex education, really, because it was about how babies are born. And I remember the video, this is in primary school, so I was in year four. Mm. So it would have been about seven or eight. And the video was the first time I'd seen like naked people that weren't like family members or whatever. And it was just this video. And then like um, it was basically people living their lives, but they were all naked. And so this like man walked out of the bathroom and he was just naked. Then it froze on his genitals and then showed it uh, like told us what they were. Um, and then the same for a, a woman, what the genitals were. And then we watched a whole video on ch we watched a baby being born. Right. Mm. So like it, literally coming out of the vagina, everything like that. Um, and then all the placenta, blah, blah, blah. And then the same thing happened when I was in secondary school as well. So when I was like um, similar age, 11 or 12 or something. And that's what we learned. Um, but I guess there's a sense that, and this is different to sex in general, because consent is quite important. You don't learn that at the time. You never no. learn what consent was. But it doesn't talk about the yeah. emotional aspect of sex. It only talked about the physiological aspect of it and how, you know, sperm and um, testicles and using the word penis yeah. and things like that. But, you know, sex comes with a lot of baggage as well within adult behavior and stuff like that. So that's what we well, it, it Well, it talked about sex on a reproductive level only. Um, yes. And it talked about the functionality of sex. It didn't. And, you know, and I remember, again, my mum had a little book that she sat down one. I remember the one day she talked me through how babies are made. And that, that was it. It was about talking about how babies are made. Mm. Um uh, but yeah, so any education is done around the functionality and of reproduction rather than how sex is also used for fun and excitement. I remember and... one time my mum never told us we never had like, a conversation about sex, and it's always difficult to gauge what my mum is like. Sometimes she'll be like mad conservative in some respects, and then sometimes she'll just be like, you know, I'm just going to talk to you about what's what. Um, but one day I'm nowhere, and I guess I must have done something or said something. Um, I don't know if she did. Because she told me about older brother as well. She was just like, one day, you know, masturbation's okay, Matthew. Everybody does it. It's very healthy. It's very natural. And I was like, I don't want to talk about this. And so like, your older brother does it. I do it. And I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And as a teenager, I'm so dumb. Like, I didn't even realize. But so I used to obviously masturbate. Like, I'm sharing a room with me and my two brothers. And we were on a bunk bed. And my brother would be like, what's that noise? And I'm like, nothing. Um, and I'm just like, having a like, at least I have all of these tissues like stored. I was on the bottom bunk, like basically on the mattress above. And then my mom would change the beds one day in school and they'd all be gone. So obviously she's touching up my dry ass like tissues that I built up over the time. And she didn't say a word. The sweet woman didn't say a bloody word at all. She just let me carry on. And I was like, oh. And I, it never crossed my mind somehow. To, you know, that she obviously knows what they're for. She's like, she doesn't know what those are, obviously. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, of course. And do you ever think that you're the only person in the world who ever masturbated? <laughs> like how you discovered this new secret that no one ever did. I remember the first time. I actually remember the first time. Um, and I was I in remember shock. My first time, yeah. Do you? Do you know how old you were? Yeah. Oh, no. Young. Well, well not young. Like, but I'd say about 11, I think. 11 or 12. I can't remember. I think I was quite older. I think I was like 13. Um, I, I, lit I literally, I could, I could say any age and it could be correct. I could say 35 and it could be correct. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never but touched myself. Never, absolutely never. I remember, th well, the first time I did it, that day I also did it three times because I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is exciting. 
Um, I remember remember we were talking about it in school once, and this guy, I won't say his name, obviously, even though I, there's no way he'll listen, but um, <laughs> he said that he doesn't touch himself because he's worried in case it falls off. <laughs> What's that stupid shit you hear? You hear like your palms are going to get furry, you're going to go blind, yeah. all that yeah. sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But well, anyway, this uh, little TV clip was great, I think. It, um, and, they, and they have other resources to help support parents, but yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it's, it was really good. Um, I can't remember what the name of the website is, but I think it's like, well, I can't remember. Um, but if you just Google, <laughs> if you just Google what I Google, which is New Zealand porn, <laughs> you'll be fine. Um, what, the actual website? Just... Yeah, they had a website linked to the thing. Maybe I can find it here. Yeah, well, the BBC the talk about it because they just watch it. I just watched it on BBC because it just showed up. Um, but yeah, it's from there. It's, I mean, it's from... The New Zealand, like, it's from the country New Zealand. They've, like, commissioned it and stuff, so. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, I, what, so in our busy week, we've gone to visit some of our friends who have children. And yeah. given, like, what's happening in the world at the moment, um, one of my friends, who sometimes listens to the podcast, she was just saying, like, um, you know, she was having a, a difficult time in terms of um, going out and was a bit worried about how it might affect her family and her children during the pandemic. Um, and they've got a two-year-old daughter. And when people were allowed to start seeing each other, they would have, like, um, the child's aunties and uncles and, and I think, grandparents coming around and sitting in the garden at different times. And, obviously, the two-year-old, they said to uh, their child that they've got the naughty germ. Like it's, the, it's, the, it's the bad germ that's going around. And so she was aware that there was a bad germ and you weren't allowed to touch people. But then the grandparents wanted to hug the child, you know, because they haven't seen anyone for a while, and that makes sense. And then mm. she wasn't sure how to go about that. So she'd said, like, she does, she said, she had a conversation with them, basically, and they had a conversation saying, you know, we don't want um, our child to feel scared about touching people beyond this, because it's quite formative, isn't it, around these times, if you say, like, worry about germs mm. and all that sort of stuff. But they said, like, just try not to push it. And if she, if she wants to come up to you and hug you, then that's okay. And then the child would actually be like, go up to, like, the grandma and ask both the grandma and her mums um if she's okay to hug and so it's almost like asking consent in this respect you know kind of like how we should be doing as adults asking people like oh is it okay to hug you because some people come up to me and just like give me like will try to give me a hug and i'm like um i feel like at this point consent is really important when it comes to what people's boundaries are um but yeah so they're trying to make sure that she understands what's going on in the world at the moment and there is a bad germ but also giving her the option to decide on what to do uh, in terms of mm. whether she wants to hug, because that human contact is so important. Um, they don't want her to be afraid of what's going on in the world um, and just germs in general for the rest of her life, because these things can really impact them. Uh, you know, it, it impacts us yeah. all, to be fair, but for such a young child, it may not be something they're aware of, but in later years, they might, you know, be quite mm. averse to certain things. So I thought that's quite important, because I believe that children can make decisions in some aspects, whereas a lot of people don't, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think kids are smart smarter than we what we give them credit for a hundred percent i fully fully uh, fully believe that and I th yeah i think there's something in that in the way that we teach kids about consent and i think it's very relevant both for germs and mm -hmm. also just consent in general about having respect for other people's uh spaces i guess is the word mm. um the website for this is keep it real online 
um, and they offer parents some further tools and advice on how to begin conversations with their children about sensitive online matters. What kind of things do you think you shouldn't talk to a child about, say? Or is there anything? Um, I mean, off the top of my head, without giving it any more thought than the three seconds. No. <laughs> no I can't I'm like, wrong, wrong answer. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, you're like what about this what about this well, i'm like oh fuck okay yeah um no i think i mean obviously what i mean what age of kids are we talking about are we talking about toddlers or are we talking about teenagers well that's the thing i think teenagers more than ever you should be able to um talk openly and I've... hopefully candidly in a lot of ways um obviously yeah. not just being disrespectful or rude and be as factual as possible when it comes to or uh, as emotionally sensitive should i say not necessarily factual um yeah an understanding of like teenagers but i do think that there are things that you can talk about or give like children the option to do things well i mean not that we should go too deep into it but you know gender reassignment is such a huge thing and gender dysphoria and people believe that children cannot make a decision their children they cannot decide for themselves and then i believe that like children for them for people growing up it may not be a decision because it's what you fundamentally believe you are meant to be so it's not necessarily a choice in some aspects um now yeah. given give or take surgery and things like that and hormones therapy i do believe that children are and young people are able to decide on how they want to present how themselves express, yeah yeah um i would i would agree i think there's i think the way i look at it is like teenagers are becoming adults at a much younger age mentally with regards to like their what they learn and what they can perceive and what they can do and what, what they know um mm. but physically i would say you know you know your body still is producing hormones that changes your life up and up until what i think is it early 20s um and i think biologically you know th- I, I, under the age of 18 i don't think you know kids should be having surgery to to reassign their gender until they're an adult and able to make that decision for themselves. That makes sense. It does, yeah. I think I would disagree with that slightly, but then I also don't know the ins and outs of it. I just think there needs to be a process in place that is thorough and takes time before you do it. But if someone felt I'm, that they I'm all knew, for kids yeah, yeah. expressing themselves in whatever way they want to express themselves, as long as they are not hurting other people, um, yeah. then... I th- yeah, I think it, kids should be able to do what they want to do mm. um, and not feel restricted by gender norms or anything like that. But yeah, it's... Well, one of- Each parent is different. Like some parents out there don't even want to get their kids vaccinated for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, well, that's difficult as well because sometimes it gets to the point when like neglect might get involved if you're like, well, I want my child to be able to do this and not do this. And you're like, well, some things are just for their, you know, just for their betterment, mm. you know? Um Yeah. One of the, so one of my, another set of friends we went to see, like they just had a newborn child and they've um, a son and they also have a daughter who's a few years older. And with the daughter, it's quite similar. They were saying like that now everything is so gendered, even now to this day, which still surprised me. They're saying like 70% of the stuff that you buy for girls is pink and 50% of it seems to just have unicorns on it. And then they were like, I really don't want to dress them in unicorns because it feels like that's all there is. And I, you know, I, if they want to be girly, then they can be, but it's also not. And these are the girls. And then um, one of the mothers who just had the um, son had said, like, so I don't think I would dress my son in a dress. I wouldn't choose to put my... But 
because I, you know, they're a boy, and I think that there are boys' clothes in that respect, and I don't necessarily. I'm not going to just put a dress on the child, but if then the child made a decision at some point, say I want to try on this, you know, tutu or something, then she was like, I think, you know, I would say, okay, I wouldn't stop them from doing it. And for me, to me, that was the that is, that would be the way that I would go about it because I don't have a problem necessarily with gendered roles at this point because it's so ingrained within society, whatever, and it helps people. Same with labels when it comes to being on like the queer spectrum. Labels can help many people help identify themselves, which is great. I, I think that's fine. I have no problem if they want to put blue for boys and whatever. But if there are some, and then you do that before the child can make a cognitive decision, as in they can't speak. Um, but then if a child then suddenly is like two and a half years old and says, I want to try on those shoes. Um, and it's a boy who's trying on what would be like a, you know, labelled as a girl's a little, thing. A little pink sandal with a little gem on it and a little, you know, rainbow flash at the side. I would say, do you, boo? Do you. Mm. Do you, boo? Um, for sure, yeah, I, I mean, would. There's a, there's a, there's a big, there's a big like, ability jump from a kid who can't do anything for themselves, who's helpless and if you left would die, versus a toddler who's able to run around, pick up food, feed themselves, you know, and make decisions like you know they, they know what a decision is a baby who can't even hold his neck upright can't decide if it wants to wear pink or blue or yellow or green so mm. parents need to make the call for whatever they want um you know and essentially as well i mean arguably if people people are when kids are under their um under the parents roofs until the age of 16 or 18 or whatever Parents can make the shouts if they want. That's that's the law. So um, it just comes down to on what sort of parent you want to be on what you put on your kid. Yeah. Um, and what sort of a relationship you want with your kid in, and how you treat them. Um, and I think that comes down to a lot of common sense. With regard, well, I'm not a parent, but I assume it comes down to a lot of common sense. Like to me, if I have kids and they're getting older and they're, you know, starting to experiment with their personality and, their expression then you should give them the freedom to do what they want to do that to me makes the most sense um uh, that's what i think i think parenting i would go the opposite a little bit different because if we talk, i don't believe in like common sense as a as a like a thing but if it's going to come down to parenting because i think it changes so much many things change as time goes on but some people might follow the traditional norms that their parents like parented them and the way that my mum would have parented me is very different to the way that I might parent, just because times have changed. You know, things that she needed yeah. to do required her to be a certain way um, and the environment that she was in and all that sort of stuff. So I don't think that... I think that the job that she would have done in certain aspects was completely and absolutely right for the time that it was. We needed firm lines for a certain reason. I, I, like, you know, the area that we grew up in, the fact that she was a single parent... Um, limited funds for example there was no choice i couldn't go to a shop and say mum i want to make this choice she's like this is what you're having because this is all that we can have i'm like fair that's completely completely appropriate and acceptable at that time and it makes sense whereas that might not be the same now so i'd be like i don't know but then also there's no manual on fucking being a parent i think I, honestly over the past couple of years i've been toing and froing about what i do i want to be a parent or not like do i want to be a parent and it's the biggest and smallest things keep changing my mind because I'm like, fuck me. Mm. Like it could be so, there's no way of doing it. It's so difficult, but I feel like it'd be so rewarding as well at the same time. Um, and then you feel like you're going to try parenting in some way. And the, cause I know I would give my children at first a lot of freedom in terms of decision-making. I would give them the options to do, I would give them options, but they'd be able to make a decision based on that. But then you never know. It might like grow up a child that actually thinks they can have whatever they want. And you're like, Oh fuck's sake. 
you know, and then it's too late. It's too late. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, let me just bang it. Let me just have another one and see if I can just try it again. That's it. That's it. You need to have an expert baby, which is the first one, and then a real baby, which is the second one. Yeah, yeah. That's why Big Brother got it right when they had like little babies that used to cry and stuff and you had to look after them, and then you can just practice. Or Tamagotchis, yep. if anyone knows what those are, because the kids these days have no idea what a Tamagotchi is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here do you know how many people i put up a thing about the gremlins and you won't get it like, I'm t- i did I not get it at all <laughs> <laughs> you're like we can't be friends i was like i was gonna message you be like i remember that they used to turn really bad no underwater so, uh yeah so when gizmo gets wet it, he creates evil spawn oh yeah 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 those little eggs that just pop out and are really slimy and disgusting well yeah no they pop out in their furry and then when you feed them after midnight they um go into like little cocoons and then they come out really slimy and horrible and green and evil. So then I did kind of, I didn't understand like what you were saying about it though. I don't know. I didn't get, I didn't get it. Well, the whole start, the whole start of like, obviously for anyone who didn't, anyone who doesn't follow me on social media on Instagram, which is ASHMCA by the way, um, <laughs> you, um, I put up a thing yesterday where it's like, let me just get July kickstarted. And it was a picture of a toy gizmo from Gremlins going into a sink of water and anyone who understands and appreciates the uh, 80s iconic film like I do uh, will understand that that is how all the disastrous stuff that happens starts by a little gizmo getting wet um, so yeah essentially it's like well what, el- what else can go wrong in 2020 oh why not have a, a plague of sci-fi gremlins and <laughs> kill the world <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough actually yesterday i did read uh on the very reputable news source which is lad bible that um lad 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 that nasa had discovered or nasa th- nasa thinks there's life on one of um jupiter's moons or saturn's one of the moons of some planet um i'm like well of course if it's going to happen any year it's going to be this year <laughs> Turns out it was the aliens all along. <laughs> Jesus, I read something like somebody. I, I don't know. I I read something yesterday. It was I was half asleep when I read it, but it was saying something like, "Uh, you know, can you think of it this way? Maybe there's a time travel coming back to try and save humanity, and this is the crucial year, and they keep getting things wrong, which leads to things like the killer hornets and the the COVID COVID nineteen virus." I'm like, Jesus, people have so much imagination. If you go, I think Facebook, Twitter's bad, right? But Facebook, because Facebook's full of old people, right? You need to look at the conspiracy theories that these people come up with. It is fucking insane. It's actually, I think it might be worse than Twitter. Because at least Twitter has young people on it who at least fight back. But here, it just seems to be like worse upon worse upon worse. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Tidy was terrible on facebook last night which i obviously had to get in and have my say about <laughs> was the rfu had changed their logo to be rainbow a white rose on a rainbow background mm-hmm. and oh my god <laughs> the amount of comments on there was negative comments on there was disgusting people they said they should Just, have done it People saying that, you know, this is rugby, it sh- they shouldn't get involved in politics. Some people were just like, well, you know, the white rose is different than the red rose and it's disrespectful. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. Valerie, take a seat, please. <laughs> um, you're just an idiot. 
<laughs> just stop being it. Stop being an idiot. It, but then it must be difficult. And I say this knowing this because there are literally people around me as well in this instance where, where you just do not or cannot. Like I, I think it's part choicely, part just your nature and your upbringing and your your mindset and stuff to not want to understand other people or other to not understand is all I can say, and to be so resolute in like your way of thinking. I, mm. I think that's tiresome. I mean, both are tiring. To keep on learning and keep on addressing yourself, you know, it can break you down because you've got to be like, fuck, man, is my whole belief system wrong? But then you can come up with some good conversations, blah, blah, blah. But to be so resilient, so angry, and, and the only way you can express your, your, I don't know, dissatisfaction is to put it lightly or mildly, is to just be like super angry with every decision that someone makes or things make. It's, that's hard work. That's hard work in, its, in itself. To not want to change, grow, or develop as a human being. That, do you know what we had this conversation so this this crossfit um stuff is still happening yeah it's um and one of the things i i i'm, a, I'm an admin on an lgbt crossfit what's well, not called lgbt crossfit anymore it's called lgbt functional fitness which was a whole drama oh my god ff <laughs> well it's oh, ffs if you ask me okay um a whole drama about changing the name from crossfit to be something else uh, and apparently as admins we didn't do it quick enough and it was disrespectful for people of color and i was like right okay um then it was so the whole thing is the old ceo of crossfit had said something absolutely stupid um i personally don't think the guy's racist but um he's just an idiot and he is clearly misogynist because all these other stories came out about how sexist he was which is you know a whole different thing than being racist and i'm not going to defend him because i don't know the guy from shit but um i think he does enough in the world that that didn't get called out that you know helps prove he isn't racist but um, it's not i just want to stop you there one second actually because to yeah. me that's where it's incorrect because people will be like well i'm not racist it's not about whether people are racist or not it's about racist behavior and that's slightly different because you can't just label you can't then define someone as being racist if they only say do overtly racist things because we all live in a society where racist racism exists and um, whether you choose it or not, it still happens. So it's not about him being a racist or someone being misogynistic. It's about the behaviors that's doing it and whether you choose to do it or not, because we still do it without a choice. So I shouldn't say that. So I don't think it, yeah. and then in the same way that like you know, people talk about statues or celebrity or celebration, it's not about, well, people forget about what they've done. They need, well, we can either decide whether they can be, compartmentalize and say that we must look at their achievements and then look at their um failures or we look at their achievements and failures because it's always like even like music and stuff like that can you separate the artist from the art kind of thing i think this is the same instance but i just want to say i i think that's really important to recognize i don't think it's fair to say i don't think he's racist because racist behavior is well, racist behavior yeah but i mean what what you can say is if you look at somebody's past history and using the example of Greg Glassman, Greg Glassman invested a lot of money in making sure countries in Africa had fresh water. He invested a lot of money for CrossFit or changed the way CrossFit works to make sure that, you know, it wasn't just athletic white people coming to the games. He was, he changed it in the last year to say each country that has a representation of 
CrossFit can come to the games so they can bring people as long as you're the best in your country you get you get a ticket to come to the games it's not mm. about being the best worldwide so they're you know bringing people from different cultures over to your sport is an action that says you know that it's you know you don't have to come out and say i'm not racist because i did that but you should definitely look at somebody's history to say okay if he did this last year could you now say because he and the tweet he tweeted was not racist it was stupid can you then call him a racist for posting a stupid tweet? He didn't say, you know, I think I think black people, you know, are this, or I don't. I think Asian people are this. He just he just said Floyd nineteen, which is a stupid, disrespectful comment to make at a time. It's not a racist comment. It just it was disrespectful. Um, so to to then jump on and say that he is racist is, in my opinion, incorrect, because he hasn't done anything that I know of. Like I said, mm. I don't know the guy from shit. He's not done anything that is racist. In fact, he's done the opposite. So I don't think people should be very quick to brand him racist, given that he had, what he's now getting punished for is stupidity, not racism. But then the stories have come out where he has actually been very misogynistic and treated women very badly. And again, like I said, it's a very different talk. You can be misogynistic and not racist, and that's awful. But, you know, that's what I'm coming at it from. Yeah, I'm not talking about him specifically. I don't really know his story, um, yeah. both positively and negatively. I just I just want to say that as a point in general. So okay. look, just look at that, the actions a bit separately. Some a label a, a label is very difficult because it's very definite. Then do you know what I mean? Um, and I think labels and and just as in general, we could talk about it, you know because we, it reminds me of like sexuality when you like you have to be gay, you have to be sexual. So someone's straight and they might get with a man and then like suddenly you're gay and you're like, well that's not that's not true. That's a label that you're putting on someone and they may have homoerotic tendencies or homosexual tendencies, but doesn't mean that, do you know what I mean? And so I just want to say like racist people, I am, I don't believe I'm racist. I'm actually a black person. So you get away with a lot of stuff to be fair. I might yeah. say racist comments like, oh, do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. if you were to ask anyone I know, there's no way that would say I'm racist or homophobic. But the things that we talk about on this podcast about lesbians is something else. A hundred percent. Like, and I think, like you say, as a as a gay guy, I get a certain pass for stuff. And actually, on the actually, funny enough, on the um, RFU comments, somebody made a a, a comment about um, gay. Well, obviously, it was about pride. Um, and this guy made a joke, which he then got attacked for. And then he said, well, it's okay because I'm gay. And somebody else said, uh, no, because just because you're gay doesn't mean you should make those sort of jokes. And, you know, I, I agree. And I wrote back, yeah, you're gay, me too. But obviously that means we have the same sense of humor. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I think he then I think he deleted the comment. But um, <laughs> uh, the point I was making is on, we were talking about, uh, so this guy has, he stepped down as CEO of the company, um, which I don't think was enough given, I, I think his time, and connection of CrossFit had come to an end. Um, the problem was that he owned the company solely, so he didn't have to do anything. What was announced this week was he actually has now sold the company to somebody else. Um, and it just, to me, it just seemed that a lot of people on these groups were just so negative. They were like, oh, so we're replacing another straight white guy with another straight white guy. Um, it's not enough. Um, you know, Greg Glassman's still going to make money from this sale. Uh, we should now all still disaffiliate because it would reduce the price of what the company's worth. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, can people not just be satisfied? Like, wh 
does it does it matter? You, you wanted Greg Glassman gone. No, he's gone. Some other company, who, some other guy's bought him. He may be white and he may be straight, but that doesn't mean he should be judged for being white and straight. And it doesn't mean that he is going to do a bad job at running a company just because he's white and he's straight. Can you not just let the guy make a statement before you start making like accusations? Um, and then I got attacked by saying, um, what did I say? I said, oh, I said, I'm excited about where this could go. And they're like, there's nothing to be excited about. Um, you know, he's going to come in, he's going to dictate. And I'm like, actually, if you actually read what he's released so far, he's wanting to work with affiliates to understand what they want. Surely that's better than coming in dictating. Um, but just, I don't know, people are just so set on being unhappy and negative and, and I don't think it's an edge thing. I think it, cause these people are younger than me. I think it's a mindset thing. Um, and it just, it just blew me away about how fucking immature a lot of people are online and how they think they just because they're posting stuff online they, they can get away with it there's no censorship and there's no accountability and there's no consequence well the thing is is um at the risk of sounding like i'm one of those angry people i actually disagree with you like almost entirely with your sentiment when it comes to the fact that um someone being replaced a, a middle class well what, a rich white middle-aged man being replaced with a rich white middle-aged man is fundamentally the problem with what it, what's happening in the world in the moment like that's it's fundamentally the issue and the same thing happened with the bbc just now so the bbc are being questioned even before and have been for a long time about their impartiality when it comes to other things because the bbc are meant to share news that is unbiased in some ways um and then so I always look to the BBC and then I realise with everything going on, it might not be the words that they say, but it's the type of news that they choose to show, right? Um, mm. And just recently they changed the head of the BBC for, from um, a privately educated Cambridge or Oxford um, educated middle class white man for the same thing. This person did was on a scholarship to be fair, um, so wasn't didn't, you know, earned it and, and in that respect but that obviously started an uproar because people are like we were just saying that people of color do not inhabit senior spaces within really influential positions and systems right they just it's just not a thing and within the bbc they've got a board of directors a board that they have and the only non-white person is June Sarpong, who is the director for like diversity and inclusion. So the only person who's not white is the person who's supposed to be responsible for the diversity and inclusion. But clearly it's not having any impact because she's the only black person. And then it could look like it was like, okay, she's in a position just because that the head of that department needs a person who isn't white. And then, and, and I see it because I always think if there's no one in the room that represents me, because as a, person of color i represent people of color whereas white people at this point don't represent white people when now they should so the reason why because that's what's happened before so what you're saying is it's okay can't they just listen to the words that he's saying that isn't the case for non-white people because they're saying okay well they put a black person in power now the black person's only going to look out for all black people which may or may not be the case but at least it'll be different to this white person is i'm saying it's safe to assume that they will have white people's interests at heart first before other people because history has said that we've all been bred to believe that white people don't represent all white people and they should if we all are 
And so I think it's the right thing that people are saying, well, look, now you've got another white um, middle-aged man. He's just going to behave the same way that all other middle-aged white men do. And I, I don't think people say it angrily. Well, I mean, they should say it angrily. I don't know. It's not my way. But I 100% agree with that sentiment because I want someone who champions and represents me in the room and, if possible, with power. But that doesn't always happen. And... And the same things are happening again. And so we're just yeah. talking about everything that's going on, but the same thing's happening again. You've just done it again. Well, so your actions I can understand. Don't your words. Sorry, that's it. That's all right. No, I can understand where you're coming from, and I can understand the frustration. But I think, again, you ha we have to think of the world logically, and it's a business that's getting sold. At the end of the day, CrossFit is a business that was getting sold. Um, so it had to get sold to somebody who wanted to buy it. Yeah, the person who stood up and bought it, who had the money, was a straight white middle-aged man. What is the outcome that is desirable here? Is it that we say actually we're not going to sell it to you, as you know the person who the person who owns the company is I'm not going to sell it to you because I'm going to wait for somebody else, which then there's going to be a backlash, which is then oh. You know, Greg Glassman didn't, you know, he, we wanted it done swiftly and quickly because there's a lot of, after my experience of how non-quickly I didn't change the name of a Facebook group to be Functional Fitness over CrossFit. You know, people want things done now. So, you know, there's a back, there's, there's, there's no right solution. So a guy who's white and straight steps up and buys a company in, in the essence of saving it and makes a point of saying, you know, I don't stand for the same things that Greg Glassman stands for. I, I think it's communities for everyone. And the the foremost isn't color, it's uh, fitness. We're a fitness company and that should be for everyone, not divided regardless of sex or ethnicity or sexual orientation. Um, so he's standing up and saying that, but without even giving the guy a chance, it's all like, well, he's, he's another straight white guy, so I'm, I may as well just you know, um, wash my hands of it. And I think as a white person having this conversation with you, Matt, I think it's, it's sort of like the, the impression I get is it, you know, white people are just damned because of the history of what white people have done. And I can get that, you know, white people have done shitty things in the past, like terrible, awful things, but not all white people have done that. And I think in order to progress further as a society, we have to accept that not all white people are racist. Um, it's, you know, otherwise we're, in my opinion, we're starting off or we're, we're setting off now in a very negative pace. It just, it just seems unfair that, you know, and I, I can't remember the article I read, but it was talking about white guilt versus white privilege. Um, and I think the argument they made is, there, they, there's no such thing as white privilege, but there is definitely a thing of white guilt. And I didn't really read the argument because I didn't agree with the headline, but um, I was just like, ugh. but white guilt is also a thing that's very real. And I think it, it stands for, a, I think it comes in whenever, you know, the other week, whenever we, me and John were having a conversation and I said, oh, I actually struggled to think of how I could approach um, a conversation with you to check in if you're okay. I think it comes down to white guilt. Like I feel guilty because of things that I didn't do. Um, and it's an, it's an embarrassing that I come from a, a white, you know, race that did awful things 
and I, I, I carry that guilt with me today. So it, it, it just, to me, it seems as a white person, there's no, you know, there's not, I, I approach this sale of CrossFit to the new, to the new person as, you know what, he's another white guy, but I'm not going to judge him on his color or judge him by his age or judge him by his sex. I'm going to judge him by his actions. Um, and to me, that to me, that's what people should be doing, looking at what they do um, and not looking, you know, because personally, I've thought we had gone past. And as a gay guy, I'd rather be judged on who I, who I am rather than people just saying, oh, there's another gay guy. Um, we all know what gay people do. Um, I thought we'd grown past that sort of movement. Um, so, yeah, that's my approach. Um, well, obviously, well, I say obviously, and I was quite quiet before because you're saying that, but I, I just, I, I know white guilt, guilt exists and I do think it's there for a reason. It needs to happen. But you're saying you think it's unfair that all white people would be like branded with um, the fact that they may do something wrong um, or have done something wrong for their past like transgressions. And it's true because at this point, Black people and people that are not white have been judged based on everybody else around them and not their own actions. And in an ideal world, we'll all live in, an, in a time and a space where we can be judged purely on our own actions. But that's not the case. And now it needs to be flipped and reversed onto white people. Because the thing that you find unfair has been unfair for many other people. So now, in a situation where this person has come in, fair enough, right? At this point in the world, there may only be rich, white, middle-class men who are able to buy businesses like this at a whim. Right, because there aren't that many black people that might be interested in CrossFit, because it might not be their space, all this sort of stuff, which is beyond that. But if this person buys it, then at least we need to, I think the most important thing is to then accept the backlash and then say, okay, well, I need to make sure that my actions follow my words, all right? And know that these people, people are still gonna be upset and say, look, we still expect the same behavior that you're doing uh, the same behavior from you that we did from the other person. And as a white person, and you as a white person watching it and feeling what I would say defensive about what they're saying, you're saying, okay, well, I understand that this is now how I'm going to be perceived based on my color and my sexual, uh, and my gender, sorry. And I want to do things to prevent um, the same sentiment and the same sort of like uh, backlash going forward. Because it's new to you and it's new to him that this is happening, but it's not new to everybody else, okay? It's not new to everybody else that your, your actions are already preconceived based on external factors beyond anything that you've done or said or your actions. Um, and I don't think it's, maybe it's the way that people say it, but I don't think it's an immaturity level to then say, okay, well, now you've put another white person in, in a position of influence. It's, I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, you're going to do the same thing. I think you, Ashley, and other people, they feel that way, should say, okay, well, why do they think this? And how am I privileged in this situation? Because, again, it's not about people being racist. In fact, we're in a difficult time now because I don't believe that you, Ashley, are racist. I don't believe that I am racist, right? I, this person may not be racist. I have no idea who this person is. But we have racist tendencies. And we need to question ourselves and our behavior and actually look at what we're doing individually. And I think people calling that out and saying, well, look, this is how I perceive you. Let's see if your actions match your words. It's perfectly fine because that's happening to everybody else every single day. So I don't think it's immature at all. And I think that it shows a little bit of intolerance on your side to, to say, well, we just need to, well, no, it's like ignorance, not intolerance. Well, why can't he just be based on his actions? Well, no one else has. This is what we're trying to say. So. 
he's going to buy this company. He always bought this company. The person in the BBC is now responsible for the BBC. They're going to be judged, like prejudged, like everybody else is. That isn't white. And now white people. But now they just need to debunk that myth. Okay? And say that they're going to do more than their predecessors to say that not all white people are bad. Because before that, all black people, all black men were aggressive and angry and a danger to society. Even before they spoke, even before they moved, you know, oh, you saw a picture of them. They didn't do anything. They were just dangerous, according to everybody else. So I don't think it's a problem because that is how it feels. And for you and him and anyone else to feel that, that is how it feels on a daily basis. And it's something you just need to deal with and then show through your actions otherwise. So um, I understand feeling like, oh, it's not fair. But that is literally the feeling and the whole point. I wish people's like white guilt didn't overcome people and to a certain extent where uh, one of my friends, she's really, really brought down by it, like emotionally, because her guilt is racking her to the point where like it's just really, really hurting her. And I think I don't want it to debilitate you and stop you from living your life and moving forward. But it, there should be that sense there because obviously you weren't a slave trader or whatever. Obviously that's true. But now you're being seen as representing your own kind, which has never happened before. End of story. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with you, Matt. Uh, I do think... Of course you do. Now you do. You did it before, bitch. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do agree with you. And it is, you know, this this sense of, of white guilt is, you know, putting white people in a position that they've never been in. And a re the reaction is, you know, why am I getting branded racist when I've, you know... when not, not I'm, I'm not going to say that I've never done anything racist, but I've never done anything racist plus shot people down for their racism um so it does i mean it does seem unfair and you're right to put it in and say you know well you're getting judged because you're white which is what black people have done have been have done with black people their whole time but then i would also say that two wrongs don't make a right i would say that you know and i don't look i don't look at all black people as if they're going to mug me in the street i don't look at all black people like they're going to stab me i don't you know i don't do that i just I, my brain's not wired to judge people on their appearance like judge people on their skin color without knowing them like my brain's not wired like that so to me no 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 what i'm gonna have to interrupt you because that is a no that is an absolute no and the, that is the problem right for me that is the problem if you say to yourself you can say to yourself wholeheartedly that you do not judge people based on their external um based on what you see, then I would say you desperately need to question yourself. Because what we need to do at this moment, myself, everyone included in the world, needs to think about the decisions that they don't make, the way that their mind has been conditioned to be over the years. Because it's not the things that we do that we think about, it's the things that we benefit from or don't do without thinking. It's a subconscious thing. So what's happening is we need to address the things that we haven't looked at before. And if you can say to yourself, I, my brain isn't wired that way, I would say then you're not even trying to look. You're not even trying to look at the possibility that you yourself may say something intolerant, racist, sexist, misogynistic in any way, shape or form. And I would say that that is a problem. So you're saying a problem is that because I personally don't judge people by the color of their skin, that that's a problem? No, the problem is that you don't even question that you may do that. 
Well, of course I question it, but I know I don't do it. Like, I do question it. You can't say that, though. That's impossible. It isn't impossible. I know, like, you know, looking at my history, looking at choices I make every day, looking at the way I treat people, I don't ever judge somebody by the colour of their skin. You and I are the two of the most judgmental people in the world, right? I judge people. why we get on so well. Because we can sit there and talk about any which person any time of day. And we've done it like yeah, a thousand a times. A hundred million times. And it may times. not just be race, right? It's not about race. It's about people. Like, I'll judge I'll judge a black person. Regardless of race. Equally as I judge and a I'll white say, person. Regardless of race. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. No, no, no. No, and even if it isn't racist about things in general, I'm saying at this point in the world, it doesn't need to just be about race. It needs to be about how we judge people in general. But that being said, I would, I don't know, plead you to at least look, not at your previous actions, but going forward. When you do a reaction and then you think about it and just think, was that something that I maybe didn't need to say? And I'm not saying that you or anyone else is. All I'm saying is, is the mindset of, I know that when I do things isn't racist, that fundamentally is the problem with people. My mum was saying it the other day, and I'm like, you don't know this. She's like, well, it's just a joke, or, you know, this is what we used to say, or whatever. And I'm like, no, the, we just need to be open to the concept that at any point, and this is where the saying of like, oh, we can't say anything anymore, which is both true and untrue, um, that what we're saying is, you know, not okay. We just need to be open-minded to the fact that we can be racist at any point. We can be sexist at any point. We can be homophobic at any point, regardless of whether we're in that minority or not, is my belief. Like, Because you can't say outright that I have never and do not ever and will never judge someone based on their race. It's not... I just... Well, I guess I shouldn't keep going on about it. I just... I feel strongly about this, but obviously because I'm saying it, but I just think that's, that is the problem. That is fundamentally the problem. And so, and I don't think it's two wrongs that make it right. It's saying, look, this is a mirror. This is what is happening to us. Now you're feeling the same thing. Not, I want you to feel the same thing. I'm making you. Because no one made white people feel guilty. No one made white people have their privilege. In fact, white people did it to themselves. It's a mirror saying, this is what you've done now to the country, fundamentally, and to the society as a whole. It's not two wrongs. This is, this is the result of what you've done. Look at this mirror. Look at what has happened. Whether you did it yourself or whether you benefit from it, this is what has happened. And you just have to, not you have to, obviously, but we're all, we all have the potential to be intolerant and hateful at any point. And it's accepting that so that we can at least question our actions going forward and be a bit more considered in our approach. We may not change our behavior because we realize, actually, I said it to my friends who are lesbians. I'm like, well, I know I say these things all the time. She's like, you know what, it's really okay in this space. And I'm like, okay, fair enough, I accept it. And I'll still question it because I'm not gonna go and do the same thing to another lesbian that I see, you know? But I, I, I need to question that behavior. And I just think we all need to do that. I just, and I think it's defensive behavior. I think it's a defensive behavior to say that I don't do something. Because what we're saying now is you don't even know what you're doing. We don't even know what we're doing. We don't even know it. Okay. I um, I can understand what you're saying. And I do appreciate the fact that... what I do appreciate the fact what you're saying has relevance. But I will, in my head, continue doing the best I can do at not only not personally being racist 
but also continue to shoot down others for their racist actions. Um, which I think is what what I think is important. Uh, I will continue myself to not look at somebody based on their sexuality and make an assumption that because they're gay, they must be into threesomes or because they're black, they must be doing this. I, I will continue to not have preconditioned prejudices in my head and look at people and judge them before I know them. I'll judge them on their actions, 100%. I'll judge, I'll judge them on their choices, 100%. Uh, but I'm not going to just sit and judge somebody for who, who they are without knowing them. Or, or, and especially when they're, where they're doing something on the contrary to what people are judging them for. I will, I, I will not judge people like that. And maybe it's a fault of mine to not, I don't, I don't I, I, I'm really confused in what I'm really supposed to be doing. Am I supposed to be more open-minded to the possibility that people should be judged or I don't, I, I'm really confused. <laughs> so I would say what, in, from my perspective, what you're saying lacks accountability for your own behavior because what you're doing is you're pushing it onto everybody else. So the kind of statement that I might say would be, I, not only will I continue to look at other people's actions, which you're saying, I would say like, um, I will now consider my own actions and whether they are racist, sexist, homophobic and see and question my own actions. That's, from this point on that's exactly what i said I, uh, I said i will that's not what you said that's I, not what you said you said you'll continue to shoot down people that you believe have said something racist and you will continue to not be judgmental that's assuming that you're already not judgmental which i think is fundamentally flawed because i believe and this is my own belief that all people are judgmental right to a certain to a lesser or more degree yeah, so what you said yeah, is yeah. you will continue your own behaviors and <sighs> continue to shoot on others and what i'm saying is is you need to start looking at your own behaviors so that you can see whether you have been and continue and may then be racist well what i first so said was i would also continue not to judge people so not continue not to be racist and continue not to be that but i appreciate what you're saying is what i will what i will now do now is yeah when i'm given when I'm presented with opportunities, I will analyze my own self first. Or after. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. Matt, yeah, can I mean, you write you a how-to guide? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's the thing. You're like, it's, like, if you continue to do something, that's on the premise that you're already doing it now, right? So what's happened now is we've all behaved in a certain way. And now the way that we're behaving is being judged so we can either continue our behavior, assuming it was right, or we can question our behavior, assuming it may be wrong. And what I'm saying is, is the mindset I would like to adopt is I will now question my actions before or after, probably after, because sometimes we don't know what we're doing, and question whether it's intolerant. If you continue your behavior, you're continuing to act the way that you did before, which is you're saying not judgmental. 
And I would say, question whether those things are not judgmental or not. If you continue behavior, then you haven't changed anything. We're asking everybody in the world to change. I don't need not to be the change, same. Matt. I'm pretty perfect. And that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Um, yeah, but that, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Noted. <laughs> but that's a good end. Should we just end it there? <laughs> no, we can't because the one thing I want to talk about is the one thing that nobody else in the media is talking about. So we have another story to cover. Mm. Okay. And that is the... Northern Ireland. <laughs> no, not even I have time for Northern Ireland this week. English people are absorbing all my energy. Um, it is... The Reading attack last Saturday, where three gay guys were stabbed and killed um, in, is it Forbury Gardens on Forbury Gardens on uh, Saturday last week? So, mm. um, I have to say, this all happened on Saturday last week. I actually didn't even realize it had happened until, I'd probably say, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, oh, wow. And I, I I remember reading headlines about Reading attack, but not that it was sort of a terrorist or considered a terrorist attack, or it was three gay people who had died. Um, in fact, the only reason I started to uh, notice it on, I think it was on Twitter, I read it, or Twitter or somewhere I read a, a post that it was an LGB group had made an argument that the news shouldn't be classing uh, shouldn't be classing the three uh, murdered people as LGBT because they're it's a different bracket. I think it, we we covered this before where people are trying to disassociate the T from the LGBT, so they're making a difference. So this is an LGB group disassociating or calling out media companies that on, on class and everyone is LGBT when we're not all LGBT, which is another fucking can of worms. Um, that's, but that's what raised my awareness of it. And then somebody else had posted online how, why was there a lack of coverage on this? Um, and the argument was made that the reason why there was a lack of coverage or a lack of it being as heated as it could be was because of, they, the the guy who killed him. I don't want to say his name, um, it, because of the fear of Isla Islamophobia. So mm. they, if this had been, if this had been three, if this had been three black people killing, or if this had been a black person killing three white people, or a white person killing three black people, it would have been branded you know, racist killing or whatever else, but because it was um, it, somebody who was Islam, it it didn't warrant or it didn't get the right media coverage because people are too scared to be labeled as Islam Islamophobic. Um, does that make sense? It does, yeah, I guess it does. Because when I read it, I said, like, I know three people died, but it also said that a whole bunch of other, well, three other people were stabbed, but it didn't disclose... Their sexual orientation. Any identity about them, did it? Uh, I didn't even know three other people had been stabbed until I read an article today. 
Yeah, well, it's a series of people that have been stabbed, and I guess the three people that have died, I, well, you don't know whether or not it, they happens to be um, part of the LGBT plus society or not. Mm. So it'd be interesting to know whether it would have been a, a sort of hate crime sort of thing or these three people were next to each other and, you know, gays congregate very much so. Yeah, well, these three um, people were friends. Mm. So yeah, they were. They, so it kind of makes sense in a way that they're all yeah. in the same community because they're literally friends. Um, but yeah, it hasn't had so much coverage, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about why. Yeah, well, this this article I read made the claim that it's because the media are too scared to be branded is is Islamophobic, and this is like gay media not talking about it. I mean, like you said, it's hard to know if this is you know, if the other three people were not on the queer spectrum at all. Um, it's hard to know if this is a hate crime of that type. Uh, but... But what if, say if you did the article without any signifiers, would that be like avoidance, do you think? So say if they, I mean, the article I read only said that, it never just outright said that they were gay or anything, because they obviously don't know, because um, potentially they could or could not know, but it talks about someone's partner. But say if they just said the attacker's name and then the victim's names without any identifiers. I, I, and I haven't thought about this. I wonder whether that would be the right thing or wrong thing to do. Because at the moment in the world, we're saying we want identifiers because we want to be seen in some way. Yeah. But in the other aspects, the outcome in the world is based on having identifiers. We want to be able to remove those markers that would cause judgment. You know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like, does it matter? It doesn't matter if the people were gay or LGBT. They, they still got murdered, basically. Mm. Yeah, but I think... It, but then arguably, yeah, if a Muslim person killed a bunch of gay people, they're almost, you know, my mind will immediately run to hate crime when it may or may not be true. Yeah, and uh, I think there is links to the, the murderer to terrorism and he was on like MI5 watch lists, but then they didn't consider him enough of a threat to keep an eye on him. And then a few months later, he goes and kills three people injuring three more people um it's yeah but i guess the point i'm making is the article should still be covered because i think the people's fear of being branded islamophobic shouldn't have them not reporting the article accurately but then that's why part of my hatred of the media right now is the fact that in order to in order to not damn themselves as Islamophobic, they decided to not report a very important story successfully. Well, that's what I think about, like just the BBC as a whole and things. Before I did trust them, I, you know, I had mm. the idea that they were impartial. But actually, it's not about what you write; it's what you choose to write, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I think that media is still heavily tailored because the Madame McCann thing is like absolutely prime. That broke me because I was like, given everything in the world. Oh. This is my conspiracy theory coming out. This is my, cons you know, completely like cynical person. I'm like, that was tailored by the government to say, this is what you need to cover so that we can distract from everything else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Um, whether they told them to do it or they just said they've made up a fake scoop um, and that's the kind of behavior. And then they'll just like not put things in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe. It is. Like you said, the Madeleine McCann thing was like, of all the times that something could happen to Madeleine McCann, we don't care anymore because there's bigger issues. <laughs> it's like, 
Absolutely, absolutely. It's made up. Like it's made up. Hundred percent. I believe it. Yeah, I think that was a that like you. That was a a weird article to get released all of a sudden in the time of racial uprise and also COVID nineteen at its peak. Um, Mm. Yeah, interesting timings. But also, like again, one of my big experiences after living in England and then coming back to Ireland, I I was shocked at how much like sectarianism goes on in, in Northern Ireland still. And I remember when I my first year back, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this has started again. And all my friends being like, what do you mean started again? It never stopped. And I was like, oh, it seemed to stop whenever I lived in England. And it's all because the English news didn't care enough to report the crimes or actions that were happening in Northern Ireland. Um, you sort of had to dig deep into the, you know, the... The, the pits of the news to find stuff about Northern Ireland um, which again what goes on here is another form of terrorism so it's just not widely and look look, using you as an example not to put you on the spot but you don't know much about the Northern Irish history and it's right on your doorstep this is local terrorism in arguably the same country as yours well do you know I'd say considering most things, right, and this kind of going back to just our conversation a second ago about race and stuff, and I'm reading a book about black history uh, in Britain, I think, and myself included, then we, I think there's a tendency to lump, obviously, all white people together, including Irish people. But Irish people would have been the first people to have been treated almost exactly the same way that black people were treated and have endured their own form of race behavior. Yeah. Even though they were white. And so I can imagine that there is some sentiment in that where they'd be like, okay, well, we've gone through the exact same thing. And in fact, are still being disregarded, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> in the news and the media and treated a certain way and racially profiled as being um, drunkards and all this sort of stuff. So um, I can imagine there'd be like this like frustration where you're like, yeah, I am white, but also like, I don't get treated like an English person, for example. Um, not that you are English people, but then some people would perceive you, perceive Irish people as a certain way. Yeah, I can imagine there's just like this really like annoying like conflict and frustration because in a sense still a minority and still treated in as such in a lot of ways. Especially as a, a native speak like someone who has an accent, for example. Yeah. Um, maybe not someone who has Irish heritage who's like Irish parents but brought up in or grandparents but brought up in England. But yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like there could be some sort of like conflict there. There there the hundred percent is and it's an it's a an ar- not an argument, but it's a sort of theory I thought about before um, and where somebody has, I think somebody had an argument with me online once about th- how, as an, how as a white person I didn't understand the conflict happening in, um, in America between white people and black people. And I said, well, I, I don't understand that. I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say that, but don't get me wrong, I do understand conflict. I grew up in a war zone. Like I grew up in a time where people were getting killed on the street for being either Catholic or Protestant. So it wasn't about race, it was about religion. And, you know, I, I grew up in a time where as a Protestant, I couldn't, as, as well, I was, I brought up mixed race, mixed, mixed race, but which was even worse because <laughs> um, you're sort of seen as a mongrel. And, um, mm. you know, I was, you know, I couldn't walk down certain streets without, um, fear of getting stoned. There was, I remember kids getting stoned on the way to school because they were walking down or going to school in the wrong street. Um, not in my town, but you know, outside our town, there was a 
uh, an army base, which is an RAF. No, it was an RAF base, which is why we, we are in our town because my granddad was in the RAF, but it then became a, an army base. And that was just bombed like pretty much every weekend. So I grew up like that's like less than four miles away from where I live. So I grew up in a very mm. heatedly conflicted area. So I don't know. Again, maybe that that might skew my perception of a lot of stuff because I've grown up in a very violent and, you know, terroristic environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did consider that. But then also, I, I remember, I can't remember what episode we were about to do, but I also was Googling something. I came up, it came up from a sign, a photograph of a sign from like the 60s where the sign on the window of a shop said, no blacks, no Irish, and no dogs. And I was like, wow. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm. So. Mad. Yeah, that was an English, in an English shop. So, yeah, the Irish people are. And I, I personally, I remember when I first moved to England, England, a lot of people judged me on my accent as well. Um, like, calling me a terrorist and stuff. I mean, like, little snide jokes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, it was just like, well, really? <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, like we can't go on too much longer. I just want to talk about that because I just felt that we, it, it, to me, it wasn't covered enough in the news. The story about the the three guys getting murdered in um in Reading, and I didn't want to then end our episode and also not talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think that's all I wanted to say, really, Matt. Unless you had anything to add. I do not. No. Well, uh... Matthew. Thank you for an educating um, and informative episode. <laughs> no worries. Um, thank you for listening, Ashley, and everyone out there. Didn't listen um, to, to your words, you said. Preachy ways. Didn't listen to your words. That's the problem <laughs> with you and all Irish people. All Irish white people. Um, Isn't it horrible, horrible. Yeah. There was actually, yeah. actually a racist attack in a town not too far away from me in the last week. Uh, some... I would love to. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go on. Oh no, no, was... no, no! I'm interrupting. I'll say it afterwards. Oh no! Was... This guy who had lived in the area for years, his house was broken into with people by mask, and he was hit with a hammer, um, all because like his I think it was I, I can't remember, but like, his granddad was or great granddad was like f- from a foreign like I can't remember where, but like Morocco. So he's he had like some sort of on peel tint to his skin and he then got attacked because a racist attack as well it was just like really <laughs> fucking this in northern ireland don't give yeah don't give in the town where oh yeah yeah not that far away from me uh, because the book i'm reading and then everything we're talking about and i've read is always about like britain mm. um and the history of black people there but given like irish conflict anyway and the fact that there's already like prejudice towards that, and, but then Irish people are obviously still white, so they still benefit in some way. But I'm I'd be interested to know what like um, the history of like black people in Ireland is, and if there is like if there is or isn't racist tendencies just because black people are different as well, um, especially because like um, you know I'm sure the numbers like there's few there's not as many black people as there are white people, and there are some areas where you may never see a black person. But when I went to Ireland two years ago, and we were on like the west coast, and quite small like town there was this school of kids and i mean half of them were black like black and i was like hearing black kids with like thick irish accents is one of the most bizarre experiences (laughs) in my life i'll tell you that now but i was just like where did all these black people come from 
Because it wasn't like one or two. It was like loads. Yeah. And I was like, sick. And this wasn't a big, where we were, you know, it was a very small area. Like there was no city close by. So it was just, I just found it really interesting. I was like, I wonder, I wonder how they got here. Uh. Like how did the, <laughs> this story end up here? You know? No, I mean, I, I mean that both in like a metaphorical sense, like what brought, you know, this group of um well, I assume families. I mean, oh, it's just one busy set of parents. No. But, um, <laughs> Quadruplets. Yeah. There were loads. I mean, honestly, it was significant. Me and my mum were like, shit. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd be interested to know what like the history of black people within Ireland are as well. Yeah. But I shall not read those books because Irish history doesn't interest me. No, joking. No, joking. Mm. We'll see what happens. There's probably no books. Who knows? <laughs> Even if they were, they wouldn't yeah. get make it onto this podcast. That's for sure. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Already. Matt, I'll let you, I know you've got a really busy day, which is why we've had to rearrange our whole I recording do. schedule. I need to wash just, so badly. My just, armpits are literally sweating. Oh, it's so hot. Um, mm. All right, then. All right. Uh, have a lovely week, Ashley. Thank you. Have a lovely week, everybody. Have a lovely Thank you for listening. And remember to leave feedback. Yeah. Um, if you want to on Apple podcasts yeah yeah leave itunes it, itunes i think apple's just rearranged everything so it's yeah it's no podcast there's no such thing as itunes i believe um which is odd uh yeah so thank you everyone for listening make sure you go and leave some comments um you know follow us on social media and be like our friend brian nolan he sent a story today just saying like this is what he's going to binge over the weekend on his drive and we love a share yeah hey, love brian. a follow so yeah definitely do that thank you yeah brian. We, we do love people um letting us know that they listen so we can give them little shout outs and you know um and also you know a lesson from today's episode is don't be scared to have conversations with people um a hundred percent not everything you do is right so you know that's the benefit of having uh friends from different backgrounds in your own is that they can educate you on stuff like i educated diversity groups are so important (laughs) (laughs) like i educated (laughs) i've learned (laughs) tuesday (laughs) yeah and uh yeah matt has matt has educated me obviously as well um yeah just a little bit just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh it's important to have conversations as, a, as the first step um in in everyone's growth and appreciate other people's uh different stories they have to tell yeah, yeah. all right all right everyone thank you bye, bye. thank you bye 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 bye